Have you not known? Have you not heard? Isaiah starts out here in this passage that we read like an old-time town crier standing in the middle of the street announcing the news. And usually when we hear the news, what's usually coming after they say, have you heard? What have you seen? It's always the good stuff, right? No. I mean, just think about this week, we have memos that are coming out. Very hyped up memos that then when they come out, everybody goes, oh, okay, whatever. We have terrible news of a doctor who manipulated young women who now is convicted, but it took years and years to discover this. All kinds of cover-ups. We have news of car bombings, of airstrikes. We have news of refugees who are not getting the food that they need and cannot go back home. Have you not heard? Have you not seen? And in Isaiah's time, I mean, the news wasn't any better. The Israelites were in what is called the Babylonian captivity. For three generations, they were under the power of the Babylonians. They'd been taken out of the promised land once again. This is not the first time this has happened to the Israelites. It's sort of their story. They get into the promised land, they're, they're faithful for a little while, and then they're not so faithful. Another power, a larger power comes in, and a political power comes in, and... Um, military power comes in and moves them out because that's what you do if you want to disenfranchise a people you take them away from their homeland you take them to a place where they'd feel uncomfortable and unfamiliar and where they have no power and you can and you don't give them any power at all And so here's this bad news, right, that could be coming, and I'm sure the people are expecting it, because Isaiah's been talking about how um, the people have been unfaithful. And I'm sure the people have been talking about, well, where is our God? In some of Isaiah, right before this passage, we hear um, that it sounds like the people believe that the Babylonian gods are more powerful than Yahweh. Because that's what people believe then. If your political and, and, and your, your politics and your military were, were on top, that meant your God was with you. That meant that you, 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 know, you were exceptional. And so that meant that people ought to follow your gods because they were the ones of power. That people believed the Babylonian gods were more powerful than Yahweh. And why wouldn't you? after almost three generations of being in captivity, being in a land that was not yours, being out of your homeland, being away from your comfort zone, away from the way of life that you were used to. And so it's easy in our world and in theirs to focus on all the things that are not going well in our lives, isn't it? Because the town criers of today, the, the radio, the, you know, 
um, the media, Facebook, Twitter, what, you, you name it, it all broadcasts the, the, you know, the bad news loud and clear. And our brains are looking for that bad news because our brains, that, that oldest part of our brain is trying to protect us. It's trying to keep us safe from the ta- saber-toothed tigers of the world. And so it turns everything into a saber-toothed tiger, how, no matter how large or how small. Someone, someone doesn't say something quite right to us, We're on the attack. We feel bad about ourselves. We protect ourselves. We we dig down deep. Well, someone pretty famous once said, seek and you will find. And so if you look for the negative, if you look for the bad, you're going to find it. It's not that far away. And that's been true throughout all of time. The thing that we lose focus about, the thing that we forget most easily, is that seek and you will find. When you look for the bright spots, when you look for the good, it is there. Sometimes it's a little harder to find, but it is there. Seek and you will find. What you focus on is what you feel. So if you continue to focus on what is wrong, what is not good, what is not right, you will feel that. So many people, and I'll just say it, of of a certain age, my parents' age particularly, you know, they don't have much to do in their retirement. And back home, it's been cold. So they've been staying in. And so they leave the TV on. And they're not watching Little House on the Prairie. They're watching the news. And I don't care which news channel you watch, if you just turn it on in the background, just at a, at a low level, the music, the way they speak, all of that is like trying to grab at your brain, trying to say, hey, there's something going on over here. Pay attention, and it's not good. You better be prepared. You better be ready. Have you not heard? Have you not seen that the world is going, you know where, in a handbasket? Because that's how they get eyes on the screen. And so, for people who continually tune in like that, and even for those of us that just dip in and out, It can be really hard not to feel the negativity, to lose our focus on what might actually be good. But what's interesting here is that Isaiah, have you not known, have you not heard, have you not um, been told to you from the beginning, have you not understood from the foundations of the earth, it is God who sits above the circle of the earth. It is God who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, who spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth to nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has the stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither. The tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom will you compare God? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? 
Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. He strengthens the powerless. Even youth will faint and be weary. The young will fall exhausted. That's what I love about this passage. Is that it's not some pie in the sky, by and by, everything's going to be fine, just hang around. It says God is the everlasting God. That there is more going on here than what you can see or taste or feel. And if you will but look for it, you will see it, you will sense it, you will taste it, you will feel it. But these gods that you think are so powerful, these Babylonian gods, these gods of the idols, of the statues are not powerful at all. These princes, these presidents that seem like they, they are carrying everything in our world, like somehow they've been holy and ordained to these positions, they will be gone like the grass. Their power withers and fades, but God's does not. But there's also realism here. Again, it isn't just, oh, everything's everything's going to be all right. It says, you know, there's trouble. Even the young people faint and grow weary. Even the young people faint and grow weary. Those who have that just that innate strength, that ability to just you know, go out and run as hard all day long and do it again the next day with a little bit of rest. Even they will faint and be weary. The young will fall exhausted. So there's this tension here about, yes, there is trouble. Yes, you will be tired. Yes, you will hurt. But those who wait on the Lord... Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And the word here in the Hebrew for wait is kavah, which means there is tension in the waiting. There's tension in the waiting. Have you ever waited for someone who was in surgery? Sat in the hospital? Felt that in the pit of your stomach, not knowing what the outcome was going to be. There is tension in the waiting. But those who wait shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's the great promise. In this passage, it doesn't say, you know, everything's going to turn out exactly the way we want it to. But it does say that God is the everlasting God. 
That when we wait upon God, when we focus upon God, when we look for what God is doing in the world, we have our strength renewed. Because not only do we see the negative, not only do we feel that, but we also see where God is at work among us. Just this morning, someone came to me and said, you know, I have a friend who has a son, and he's an addict, and he's recently gone and gotten help, and he's 36 years old, and we, in her voice, you could just hear that there didn't seem to be much hope that he would ever turn his life around, but yet, through some recovery programs, he's now taking some steps into a new life. Those who wait on the Lord, their strength will be renewed. They will mount up on wings like eagles. And you know, when the eagles come, there is victory on the way. I mean, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Anybody who's ever watched the Lord of the Rings movies, when the eagles show up, victory's on the way. What are you guys talking about? (laughs) Told you there was a prediction in the uh, scripture this morning. Even Jesus took time away to focus. Because how, how do we keep that focus? How do, how do we do that? Because, because in our day-to-day lives, things, are, things come at us so quickly. It's that, you know, that nationwide commercial, things come at you fast. It just seems like just about the time you feel like you've crossed over some difficulty, there's another one that's coming on the way, large or small. Or there's some, other, you know, there's some news that, that breaks you down. That just makes you want to throw up your hands. Even Jesus needed time to go away to find his focus. In the Gospel of Mark, as I was telling the kids, there's this story where after Jesus had cast out the unclean spirit in the synagogue and had taught there, and people were like, oh, who is this guy? He's got this authority. Who is he? They, they, they went to Simon's house and his mother-in-law was sick and Jesus heals her. He takes her by the hand and lifts her up, and she becomes the first deacon. Diakonos is the Greek word, which means serving at table. She becomes the first deacon. She, she is raised up and begins to serve them. And all of these people come because they've heard of Jesus and, and they want to be healed and they want to hear his teaching. And so he's teaching and he's casting out unclean spirits and he's doing all of these things. And, and, then, and then they go away because it becomes evening and, and they probably eat and then they have some rest. But Jesus gets up and it says it's very dark. So that means he is up well before the sunrise to go away to focus. And the disciples come because there are people coming and they want to... The people come and they, and they want to be healed and they want to, they want to see him and they want to touch him and they want to be around him. And most people, I think, um, if you had that kind of, if you were attracting people like that, what would you want to do? You want to soak it up. Like, oh, oh, let's not just, let's not just uh, operate out of this house. Uh, let's, let's, let's build a bigger place. 
And then, and then if we get a few thousand people coming, let's, let's build a bigger place. Let's make a name for ourselves. Let's fill a stadium now. But Jesus' focus is different. He understands his mission in a different way. Because it's not just for those people in this place where he has grown up in the area around Capernaum. It is not just for them. He says, we must go to the neighboring towns. We must go to other places to proclaim this message because that's why I came. And what's the message? In the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, he says, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Turn, return to God and believe. Return to God and believe. I would say part of that message is also be healed. Renew your strength. Become those servants. Become my disciples and take this message far and wide. Later on then in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, go therefore and make disciples, make followers of all the people of all nations, teaching them what I've taught you, baptizing them. And remember, I'm with you always. The Lord is the everlasting God. I am with you always. So how do you renew your strength? How do you renew that focus? Well, I often remember that phrase, what you focus on is what you feel. And so when I'm feeling a certain way, I ask myself, what am I focusing on here? What, if anything, can I do about this thing that I am focusing on? And what are the other things around me that I could be focusing on to help renew my strength? Where do I find the everlasting God at work? And how can I partner with God in that work? The kingdom of heaven has come near. It is among us. And we are called to be partners with God. We are called to be those who are healed, to have our strength renewed, and to serve God with all that we are and all that we have. To call out the hypocrisy of our leadership if we need to. To be those people who would demand that our elected officials act with integrity on behalf of all people. That we would call out the unclean spirits of the world, the evils of this world. That we would be those who would hold accountable men and women who manipulate because they are in positions of power. And that we would be those who wouldn't just call people out, but would offer them justice, but also grace and a new life in Christ. How do you keep your focus? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. And even if you feel faint, even if you are exhausted, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up 
With wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. May your focus be on the everlasting God that we know in Jesus the Christ. May you be strengthened and fly on the wings of eagles to bring this message of hope and good news to all people. Amen.